Welcome to Humans of Twitter, a podcast where we discover the stories behind the people behind the Twitter accounts. People that are interesting, opinionated, and surprising. I'm your host, Steve Malk, and today I'm speaking with someone who describes themselves as first-time caller, long-time listener, occasionally Dave. Humans of Twitter is their stories, in their words, in a little more than 140 characters. Please welcome today's edition to the Humans of Twitter list, Zoe Coombs-Ma. Hi. Hi. It's good to be here. Interesting and surprising. I don't know if I'm either of those things, but... <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a um, long-time listener. I've just uh, been listening for a long time. And uh, it's my first time calling. That's that's pretty much all there is to me. Well, thanks for calling in. We'll make sure you get a prize pack. <laughs> Great. Zoe, in social settings, how do you introduce yourself? How do I, well, Zoe, generally. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you mean, like, what do I do? Like if someone goes, what do you do? Uh, yeah. Like that. I find that an endlessly impossible uh, <laughs> hurdle to surmount. I, I have no idea because... And uh, often I'll say I'm a comedian, but you mm-hmm. sort of have to judge who you're saying it to because you don't want to get the, oh, tell us a joke. Ugh. Or someone will just rattle off a bunch of comedians who you really, really hate and they'll go, oh, yeah, like this person and this person. And we're like, no, exact, exactly the opposite of that. And now I know that I don't like you. So you don't want to get, <laughs> like you want to give people a little bit of a chance before you destroy any kind of possibility of a relationship. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, so I sometimes say that. Sometimes I say I work in the theatre, uh, which is true because I do a lot of different things in in the theatre mm-hmm. um, and that's a little more open. Um my dad tells people I'm a dentist. Just because it's easier or because you have a, hint- a, a history in dentistry? I have been to the dentist before. <laughs> um, so I do have a history of dentistry. Um, no, I just, uh, <laughs> I think it, I, I think it's, it is easier and also he thinks it's quite funny. But no one else <laughs> thinks it's funny except for him. And no one else is in on the joke at the time. Oh, that's great. And he chuckles as he tells it and yeah. walks away. I got him again. Yeah, and they just go, oh, okay, cool. He's a he's a dentist. She's a dentist. His son, his, what, his, son. his <laughs> daughter is a dentist. I just got, something just popped up on my computer and I went, oh, no, what's that? But um, I got confused with my pronouns. What happens? Zoe, what do you mean by occasionally Dave? Well, um, I, as, when I am in my comedian guise, I perform as a bad male stand-up um, who's probably very similar to the ones that I described before that people often will list at me. Uh, so a really bad male stand-up and um, I glue hair to my neck and um, I sort of do a lot of jokes about the difference between men and women and uh, then it gets quite absurd and strange and I bleed from the head and sort of try to do observational comedy about penguins. Uh, it's it's kind of hard to explain, but that's Dave. Uh, he's like an absurd horror clown of just of like existential crisis wrapped up in a tight five. It, it, look, it, I have to say I've seen a little bit of Dave and 
it is just hilarious from my perspective. I'm not sure that I'm going to, I'm not going to say I get the joke entirely, but I have seen <laughs> Dave in other names oh, yeah. on stage. Oh yeah. He's really, it's that sort of, I find it really funny because I've been doing stand up since, um, well, the first time I got on the stage and did stand up, I was 15. Uh, and that was in like wow. a sort of a school setting. Like, yeah, but I was doing like his stand up comedy routine. It was all jokes about like, you know, when you're, your dad comes in and you're watching the television with your sister <laughs> sort of and like um you know that ad that like don't drink and drive ad that's on television now in the 90s um so i i did a bit of that and then um and then so i was doing it quite early and i did it i've always sort of gone in and out of it and i just find it really funny um this kind of universal persona that you just see cropping up again and again on stage and it's just this particular type of guy who's just like hey I'm just I'm just a bit of an idiot I'm just like a lovable just a lovable idiot I don't know anything I don't know what's the deal with you know shoes why do we wear them like I just find that really funny I just find it really, really funny just like total idiot like lovable and it's just stupid because you're like you, you know why we wear why we wear shoes. Like I, I think it's really funny that when people are doing observational comedy and asking questions, that there are very clear answers to. Like you could just end the bit with just one tiny little bit of logic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, what's the difference between dogs and cats? You're like, oh well, they're different species. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I find that quite funny. No matter how um, hard you try, they won't crossbreed. Yeah, like they're, um, yeah, they they come from different, di- different families, <laughs> have different genetic makeup, different chromosomal structure. <laughs> <laughs> I find that an endless, endless pit to mine. Um, and then, of course, the gender thing is um, a little bit political. You know, I can't help but delve into that. I am um, always drawn to the sort of like strange and political and difficult in uh, anything that I'm doing. Because I, I think that there's sort of once you get to that real dark uh, kind of confusing and messy area of, um, yes. of of that sort of politics, and I don't mean like, oh, what about that Johnny Howard? I don't mean that sort of political <laughs> comedy. But um, <laughs> when you're sort of dealing with the politics in the space, uh, I find that to be the best place for making that sort of uh, laughter that just hurts. And that's always the aim, really. Is is there something that at the moment particularly has your attention when it comes to that that painful political stuff that is easy comedy for you? Um, yeah, I, well, it's never easy. That's the thing. It's a difficult comedy. Um, you make it look so easy, Zoe. Oh, so easy. It's just, uh, just fall, fall <laughs> out of bed and just like slide around on all these jokes that, that I've sort of just like thought up during the night. Um, I, <laughs> I know it's, uh, it's annoying. Um, I, uh, at the moment I'm working on a new, uh, show, with Dave, um, but mm. I'm sort of in it a little bit as well as Dave. Um, and it is called Trigger Warning. And so it's about 
it's sort of about like because Davis is very kind of like politically incorrect, like blokey comedian, mm. and I of course am like a bolshy radical left feminist <laughs> lesbian. So, um, <laughs> but I, I think that the thing, so the thing that I'm really interested in is that like really overly politically correct stuff where. Like I never thought that being who I am, I would ever say or think, okay, we have actually gone too far. Like the world has gone <laughs> PC mad. Um, and that's that I think is a really interesting place for me where it's like I um, agree with a lot of the left politics, of course, with pretty much all of it, with the actual ideals, but I don't always agree with the way that um, people go about uh, that I think that there's a lot of kind of really intense uh, behavior that happens on on the internet on Twitter and um, and it becomes this kind of like really weird playground bully mentality on both sides and um, and I find that really interesting and odd because I don't I don't think it's sort of tied to politics so I think that there's mm. a lot of like really dark confusing stuff there but that's not like clearly delineated like that guy is bad. And that woman in like the rockabilly outfit is good, <laughs> and like that guy is wearing an FBI female body inspector T-shirt, so he's bad. You know, like it's, it's a little more complicated than that. And I think that's oh. when it starts to get interesting because when you're like, I don't know what side I'm on, actually. Yeah, I like that stuff. There is, I I reflect on even the current political climate and some of the it depresses me a little Zoe and, and I, I don't I would love to know your feelings on this mm. the current bollocks that it is flying around uh, particularly from the conservative right and and their thoughts around like the the, the safe schools program has become the latest dog to kick mm. um, for lack of a better phrase and and that to to seemingly appease this this loud bit of noise that could have just done with some grease, but instead the way they've greased it is gutted the program. Yeah. Um, it, I'm just flummoxed at what politicians will do to protect themselves. Yeah, it's really upsetting. I was actually, I was at the, the Safe Schools rally yesterday um, in Melbourne and it, it sort of feels to me like um, really, yeah, really distressing because I think, and I, this is such a clear thing where it's like actually this does save kids' lives, this sort of stuff, and their lives that need to be saved. So I think that's something that is, um, you know, when, when we're talking about preventing suicide, it's like I don't understand how anyone can get in the way of that and, and mm. how someone's sort of political um, outlook and religion or like any of those sorts of things, I just kind of go like that's you've got that way out of perspective. It seems to me very... Um, very, very wrong. And um, and I think that that's, it, the safe schools thing is interesting because it's so clear. It's about helping kids and uh, and then who need it. And the statistics there are, you know, you can't, you can't argue with them. Uh, I think it's something like 81% of trans teenagers uh, contemplate suicide. And I think it's wow. in the, like it's around the 40 to 50% of um queer teenagers uh, or gay teenagers do as well. So it's, it's, and it's much, much higher than the rest of the population. Um, 
unless of course you're indigenous in which case and if you're indigenous and queer you're triple figures um but i think that it's the thing i mean i sort of started saying this with the um the whole marriage equality thing which wherever you stand on that and a lot of uh queer people kind of stand in different places like myself i'm not overly enamored with just the idea of marriage but i think the thing is if you're a if you're a leader of the country and you're saying, oh, these relationships are not actually equal to these relationships, you are contributing to the environment that causes those teenagers to um, commit suicide. And I think that that is like, I think that's what the issue there is. I just go like, whoa, how can you, oh, okay. Like you're a bad person. You're really (laughs) bad people. I I don't see how anything can justify it. Which is which is why we're not politicians. Oh, exactly. I think the world would be, yeah. Yeah. Do you mind? Sorry, Zara. Just do you mind if I ask about uh, what it was like for you as a, as a big old dyke and at high well, school? Understanding your sexuality and then having to discuss that with the people you love. Mm, um, I had a relatively easy go of it. I was, I definitely got bullied a lot, mm-hmm. um, but it never quite worked on me. <laughs> <laughs> never worked. It just sort of didn't work. People would be like, "Oh, you're," because like I was a total nerd and I was mm. gay, and I was out from when I was quite young. I, I think I had my first girlfriend when I was 16 and I was um, and she was much older. She was mm-hmm. an older lady with a shady past. She was, <laughs> she was probably 21, right? But that's older, man. Yeah, she was like 21 or 22. <laughs> and it was like, she's so old. Um, and I, um, my parents were sort of fine with it. My dad, I think, sort of, while my both my parents are very lucky that they're very liberal and open, um, I think my dad actually did find it quite difficult, um, mm-hmm. and we sort of clashed a bit for a couple of years there, um, because I think that it's really difficult for parents to deal with the idea that their child has a sexuality at all, and even if mm-hmm. they're sort of okay with uh, the idea of like gay people uh i think that it's a really it sort of forces that conversation really early on where you have to say like no straight kids have to say to their parents like hey i'm attracted to like this kind of guy (laughs) do you know what i mean like hey mum and dad i just want to let you know I'm really into girls. Yeah, you know, whenever I see them, I get sexually aroused. It, it, like, <laughs> it's not, it's just sort of like, and that's the subtext of the conversation that you essentially have to have with your parents. Yeah. And then it's like, well, how do you know? And you have to be like, <laughs> I'm just, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I'm okay. And the then, chick in my bed is probably a great indication. Yeah. I'm, um. So yeah, I mean, I yeah, I had I had a, but I think I think the thing is trying to work it out for yourself, trying to go mm. like, am I? Because you don't want to get it wrong. Uh, you, <laughs> you don't want to have to like come out and then go back in. Um, and I know people who have done that. I know definitely people who have done that. Um, I. <laughs> that would be an awful lot of pain for. <laughs> Net result zero. 
Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, you do get to be straight for the rest of your life, which is kind of okay, I guess. But, um, and <laughs> I don't know. I um I think it's a weird sort of thing because you're like I because as a child you're not like I'm this I'm this thing you just sort mm. of get an inkling and I had a really strong feeling that I would I mean I'm not an idiot I didn't think this would actually happen but I sort of had a sense in the back of my mind that I would get a letter in the mail <laughs> um or like a membership card yeah or there would be just some really clear sign and there sort of wasn't except for the fact that the whole time I was thinking I wish I was a lesbian because then that would mean that I could be with women yeah. <laughs> it took me like <laughs> years to work out that that in fact was the very clear sign that <laughs> that was the that was the membership card. So I worked it out eventually, but it did take a while. Well, now you're in the arts and it's just expected. Yeah. Oh, it's almost, it's a bonus in the arts, I think. <laughs> I, think I mean, you look at who's running like the major theatre uh, companies and they're all, well, I mean, they're men, but they're all gay men. Mm. Um, yeah, the arts. And, all, and behind the scenes, just handy lesos with... <laughs> Blunstons and toolkits. Oh, toolkits everywhere. Yeah. They will fix your shit. We are useful. We're useful people. (laughs) Endorsed. Yeah. I mean, of course, we're talking massive stereotypes, of which I fit into. I'm very very utilitarian. (laughs) But it's what you need, you know, it it helps make things go in Zoe's world, doesn't it? Uh, Being a lesbian, yes. <laughs> no, I meant the utilitarian part, but that's fine. Yeah, today I actually had a good time at J Car um, buying some. I bought a, a laser machine, like as in like a rave disco laser machine. Um, yeah. Which I am sort of experimenting with, and some black lights for my new show, which gets a bit ravey at one point. Uh, this is with Dave. Yeah, Dave. Dave is having a rave. It's a Dave rave. Um, <laughs> it's like Dave's got. It's a really weird show. It's I. I don't. I'm at that stage. You've got me at that stage, which is like Melbourne Comedy Festival is about to start, and not just me, but everyone is second guessing what they're doing. Everyone's like, I don't think I want to be a comedian anymore. Can I? <laughs> <laughs> this week, maybe. This week would be a good good time to quit. Uh, and, um, so I'm, this show that I'm doing is about all that stuff I was rambling about before about, you know, um, sort of how we define what side of the fence we stand on and, and being politically correct and sometimes being Mm -hmm. confused. And so the idea is that Dave has had a big year, went to Edinburgh he did all the festivals <laughs> and he'd previously only done like seven, six to seven minutes at the laugh hole. Um, and he, he tried to do an hour and basically everyone hated him and he got a lot of Twitter hatred and the feminists really turned on him. Um, and so he's quite traumatized by that, but then he's got, so he's gone, okay, well, I can't do stand up anymore, but he's gone and studied at uh, the French clowning school under Philippe Gaulier. <laughs> Yes. And uh, so the show is Dave attempting to do a silent clowning show that won't offend anyone. Um, <laughs> and along the way, he's just gotten really into ecstasy as well. So that's like, 
that's a that's a B story. It's just Dave loves Dave loves opinions. Um, Gosh. So yeah, it's a real. It's it's probably going to be a train wreck, but um, <laughs> I do have some laser effects in the show. So. That'll bring it home. Big That'll time. bring it home. People will be like, "Well, the the lighting was great." <laughs> I can see, I can see the Herald Sun review now. Yeah. Oh, the Herald Sun doesn't tend to. The lighting was great. Tends to be the thing that friends say um, when they don't want to hurt your feelings. The Herald Sun, <laughs> I don't feel like has much of a problem with hurting your feelings, um, which is is fine. Well, as long as it's not as as for those that follow comedy, um, as long as they don't send you like the the real estate junior to come and review your show um, unless of course Dave wants to then go at her on Twitter afterwards Twitter. which could always be interesting do you know the funny thing is I um we are of course talking about my good friend Lawrence Mooney Lawrence oh uh, yes. Lawrence <laughs> Lawrence someone asked me about that they were like what oh, what do you think happened like what do you people always are like what does oh, Zoe think about this like is she on the you know, whose side oh, is she? Who's side? And I'm like, yeah, Lawrence is a misogynist, which of course <laughs> is not. I mean, it's just, I was like, I think Lawrence had a big night. Like, mm. I think Lawrence was just like <laughs> on Twitter going like, ah, fuck you. Like, of course. Anyway, uh, we read too much into a lot of this stuff. I, it was 100% is, moody is what it was. Uh, it was just Lawrence being Lawrence. It's like, can we surprised? Yeah. Like, he's done this before. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. But um, he, I mean, I do also feel sorry for that girl as well. Yep. who didn't really know what she was stepping into there. But, um, no. um, but yeah, I actually got, when I first did Dave in Melbourne, I did get sent, I think it was the real estate writer from like, not even from the Herald Sun. It was like from like a, one of their syndicated publications. It was like the Dandenong Daily Mirror. Or something. Oh, great. And she came and she wrote the funniest review because she didn't it's a parody of a bad show obviously yeah. she didn't review my show she reviewed dave's show and so wow. i i put it on the post it was just like um pretty standard material uh such as the difference between men and women which is funny at first but goes on a little bit uh, a lot of repetition probably not that experience <laughs> like it was just like gosh it was so good it was really really funny and i got it the same day that i got five star re- it was like a one star review yeah um and i got it the same day i got a five star review from the age which was like it was just they came out like pretty much exactly the same time and it was just really delightful God. That is gold. I was going to ask, have you had scenarios, I guess you would, where people have totally missed the joke? Absolutely. And it's one of my favourite things to do um, is to do Dave on like a big lineup show. Um, and I've done it at the Hi-Fi before. And actually mm-hmm. the, probably the best one was in Edinburgh at uh, Leighton Live, which is like a, I don't know if you know it, but it's it's kind of like the big bear pit um very full on late night show that is Great. just this really brutal audience and people get booed off all the time and so oh. I did this thing where as Dave and because it's a big room and people are drunk and they're a long way away they don't realize I'm a woman sometimes so mm. I'll get the response of people just like this guy sucks 
<laughs> and at that, like, it was funny at first and then they sort of turned and then people got really confused at late live. <laughs> and then I do this thing where I fall over on the stage and I hit my head and I start to bleed. It's all fake, yes. obviously, but then it's like I'm heavily concussed and I vomit on the stage. So I was doing that and the audience was freak. Some people in the audience were really freaking out. And I ended the set being escorted off the stage by security who'd been called by people in the audience actually running out and going, this comedian has fallen and hit his head and is badly concussed and vomiting on the stage. Oh, wow. And the the security guard was just white as a sheet. He had no idea that it wasn't wasn't real because he'd been outside. He didn't see the context of the act. And he was, like, taking me off stage. He's like, are you okay? And I was like, this is not real. While we were still on stage, I was uh, whispering to him, like, this is not real. And he was like, what? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) And then getting all stage fright because he was realising that he was on stage. (laughs) (laughs) Like 300 people or 400 people, however many were there. Yeah, that was was a real great moment. That's amazing. Oh. Yeah, so that was, uh, so yes, sometimes people do miss the joke entirely so what challenges you zoe what challenges me oh Mm. everything (laughs) (laughs) everything is challenging isn't it yeah it can be yeah yeah i find um what challenges me um yeah i would have to say everything i would say everything is very challenging except for mechanical issues which i am as as we've established i'm very handy card carrying yeah, mm. very. I'm very handy. That's all right. I find like all every show that I make, I find really challenging because I can't make something easy. I'm always like, oh, okay, so this seems to work. I think I'll just try to add another element to that or try to push it further. So everything yeah. is always like about to fall apart until the very last second. <laughs> um, but yeah. Right. And and someone said to me, someone said to me recently, like you you're not like I was sort of talking about the same sort of stuff about like the doing Dave on big lineup shows with guys who are very similar to the actual Dave and the audience <laughs> getting confused. <laughs> and I'm like, you're not scared of anything. I was like, yeah, I am. Witches, witches, and ghosts. <laughs> I'm terrified of ghosts. I'm like a massive scaredy cat. That challenges me. Being in a house on my own. Well, yeah. I was checking under the bed last night because I'm staying on my own at the moment. So it's like there's definitely like some sort of Freddy Krueger situation <laughs> with me in this house. <laughs> that I find challenging. So what are you going to achieve in the next 12 months? Um, oh, God, who knows? Sanity. Hopefully coming out of the end of the year saying, I've got a big year um, mm. doing lots of stuff. So I just did a I just did a show um, in Brisbane uh, with my theatre company Post. So we just mm. did um, sort of a showcase type of thing uh, of this show called Oedipus Schmiedipus. We actually just won an award last night. We won a green room award. Awesome. Which is I don't even know what the category was, but we won some best something. It's going on a poster. Yep, um, Laurel Reese. I'm just <laughs> cut and paste. <laughs> Winner, something. Um, so we are working on a new work, which is um, sort of like a comedy-ish theatre work that is 
10 years of archival recordings of us having conversations uh, and making jokes and um, the, it's something that we've been doing for a long time in order to make other shows and then we realised that we had this this incredible archive. Wow. yeah. So it's like 10 years of conversation crammed into an hour, so that's pretty interesting from the ages of about 19, 20 to sort of 30. Um, And then we, um, I'm going to the US to work with um, Adrienne Truscott. um, Excellent. Who is excellent and is also doing a show on the comedy festival. Uh, So we're straight after the comedy festival, we work here for a little bit and then, Sorry, this is really boring. This is just stuff that I'm doing. But yeah, we're working here and then we're working in the US on a on a new show, which is like a gonna be a big, really bawdy, kind of like ostentatious, like really horrible, rude show. Great. Yes. We don't really know what it's gonna be, but it's just gonna be really like fucked. And <laughs> then um and and then I'm I'm going over to the, the um to the UK as well to do Edinburgh and possibly take this show over, but definitely take an old show over, which is mm. me as myself, which is so that I think is the biggest thing to conquer is that I have to do a show as myself, not as Dave this year. So that'll be um that'll be interesting. That hopefully I'll achieve that. Will you let Dave loose on America? I'd love to send Dave to America. Um, I'd like to do some shows while I'm over there. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that would be really fun. I've done stand-up in, in the US before and it is so easy to make those people laugh. They <laughs> are the best audiences in my experience. Whereas Australians kind of they'll laugh but they'll sort of sit there going like mm, like we're not as primed for it whereas americans are like yes, yes i'm laughing i've made a decision about it <laughs> what a great night we're having we're yeah. all laughing yeah they're just like yes uh, they really buy in they buy in big yeah they sure do yeah well so it sounds like you have a huge year ahead thank you so much for the chance to speak with you today. Please know the things you've said are very special and you're highly valued. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks. Thanks, mate. <laughs> so you're obviously on the Twitter. I are am there... on the Twitter. Yes, yeah. that's how the old people say it. Uh, are there any other social accounts that you want to admit to? Um, I oh, like, like um, parody ones or anything. Anything? No, no I, ups, I just joined. Friends. I joined Instagram about like a week and a half ago. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I I burst onto 20, I burst into two thousand and five, and I'm having a great time. <laughs> and that's just um, there's one picture on there of me, but the rest is just all pun uh, celebrities. And food-based puns. So, <laughs> like, um, uh, Goldie Prawn. Oh, gosh. Baguette Midler. Yep. Um, what else? Steak Diane Keaton. There's <laughs> only about six pictures on there, though. So, But I think it's going to really go places, so I would definitely yep. direct people towards that. And that, that is the same as your Twitter handle? Yeah, just Zoe Kuzmar. It's No one else seems to have that name. It's convenient. Branding is key. Yeah, I know. My parents were like on it. 
<laughs> when they named me. <laughs> That's right. Look, if we were, we're going to call you Destiny's at Coombsmar, but there's too many of them. Too many, yeah. There were a lot of Destinies born in 1984. This has been Humans of Twitter, and I can confirm that at Zoe Coombsmar is indeed human. <laughs>